1: Twelve hands
0: in a row. Dukes, you son of a bitch. Nobody's
1: that lucky. Now here's your host, the big silly. Chad Dukes. Charlie Hope Alpha Delta, yeah, Dukes. Dig it! There, but for the grace of God, it was me. Where the nickel-sized hell, and the damage can win.
2: Roll over New York, never let us back in. We blew out
1: the lights, kick the windows in. And when the law showed up, said they're gonna have to take us in. Damn
2: get out my music.
3: Hi there, I'm Judge and this is the NFL Preseason Spectacular With your host, The Shootster What was that? It was actually a cut and dry remake From the original it really? uh, postseason spectacular Yeah, we did
2: a playoff spectacular, I believe, a few months back Boy, <laughs> well, god damn, we've been doing the show that long? Yeah <laughs> You lost confidence when you said Shootster, though Did you notice that? You went, Shootster <laughs> Hi, I'm Gigantor. <laughs> it is the Chad Duke Show NFL preseason spectacular. Welcome everybody. If you are looking for your normal best of clip show slash ins and outs, us narrating it, thing I'm a badger. Um, well, it'll be back next week. We've decided to do something different this week. We've done this once before, as Tor mentioned, for the playoffs. The NFL preseason is in the full throes of itself. Week two is already fired off. You have Washington playing tonight. And uh, what a better time to... There is no better time, in my opinion, to talk a little football tour. I just can't fucking wait. I, I honestly don't many any disrespect to the other sports. I know they have their fans. I know they bring people happiness. Fuck them all. Suck it. Just to fucking suck it from the back is what you would say. What I'd like to do is drive by in my limousine and just look at... MLB, NHL, MLS, uh, PGA, what else? What else is there? NBA. What I would do is I'd like to take a big suck off my Cohiba, right? And as I'm driving by my limo, I would just blow smoke in their face.
3: You see, it looks straight university. Football is the only sport. All the other ones are like, you know, rec sports. Yeah, yeah intramurals. Yeah.
2: Drop that bed just a touch if you don't mind. There are things that you volunteer. Like, if you don't make the football team, you're like, well, I got to figure out what to do with my time. So I either sign up for basket weaving or I go play Major League Baseball. (laughs) Anyway, very excited for the show today. Uh, There's so many storylines. Tor, one of the things we're going to get to today. First of all, let's set it up. Uh, Two quarterbacks are coming on the show today, and there is no better time to be talking quarterbacks with people that analyze quarterbacks for a living. Joe Theismann will join us, Super Bowl champion for the Washington Redskins, Uh, ring of famer, uh, broadcaster, analyst, author, actor, guy's been in incredible movies, Uh, he's got a picture with Andre the Giant that everyone on earth should be jealous of, and the great Sean Salisbury, who I think honestly is the best person talking football living. I mean, he should be on, if ESPN wasn't what it was, NFL Network, he he should be doing it there. And uh, he's just tremendous and, uh, of course, hosts mornings in Houston and has been a a tremendous uh, friend to the shows I've been doing for years and years and years. So, two guys that uh, have been very good to me and also are excellent at what they do. So, we'll have Joe Theismann and Sean Salisbury on the preseason spectacular today for the Chad Duke Show. But, Tor, I gotta say... I know quarterbacks dominate the conversation. They always have, they always will. And I get that. Even more so now, with the dollar figures going up each and every year. We just saw what happened in Buffalo. We know it's going to happen in Baltimore. Um, and, and just looking at the haves and the have nots, you take a look at the final four from last year, the quarterbacks involved in the final two, you have the greatest quarterback of all time and the greatest quarterback probably of his generation facing off in the Super Bowl. You gotta have one, but Jesus Christ, the conversation about quarterbacks. This season, and last season was the crazy one where Philip Rivers is signing with the fucking Colts and Tom Brady signing. I understand that, like I get all of that, but somehow this season's off season and this season's preseason training camp, the quarterback discussion, a discussion rather, is even more batshit crazy.
1: I
3: think that's due in part to less COVID discussion, and it's seemingly like how can you say there's less? But they must not be listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's somewhat less. <laughs> Don't you fucking mark that? God damn it! I work with a sensor but people are so fucking boned up. To they talk really about. are. They're just—they've been watching film in their, in their houses. Not Florio. That- <laughs> look—I'm telling you. There's still a lot of people that all they want to do
2: is talk COVID. I mean, that's all they want to do. But I think you're right. <laughs> but don't you think that's right? A lot of walks, lights. I had I was in Harris Teeter yesterday. Yeah. I'm pushing my little cart down the aisle, and I had the guy that was servicing the Coca-Cola. I just leaned over to him. I said, hey, man, they ever going to bring back that cherry vanilla Coke? And he's like, Dukes? And I said, yeah. He goes, why aren't you on the fan anymore? I was like, they fired me. He's like, do you talk about COVID on your new show? And I was like, no. He's like, I'm signing up tomorrow. Like the guy, (laughs) it went just like that because I think you're right. I think not that it isn't a real thing and not that it isn't still happening and not that it isn't worth being discussed in places, but I think people are so – Absolutely voracious for the discussion of football that it makes, you know, breaking down these quarterbacks even that much more intriguing.
3: I mean, sports talk in sports in general, just it's gone, we've gone past it's only sports, but now it's kind of, we're going back to a little bit of, now we're focusing mostly on the sports and football. I I don't know. The quarterbacks, last year should have been the biggest quarterback year of all time. This year should not even be a thing. I mean, Trevor Lawrence. Not hearing much about him. It's all, all, about or, all we're hearing is that
2: the competition with Gardner Minshew is still ongoing. That's literally all we're... I mean, I have watched him in the preseason. I think he threw about... He had six completions. Three of them were screens. Right. But we just... There also a lot of these guys aren't playing a lot, I guess, because of the fucking, you know, the way we, the preseason is looked at now.
3: I mean, Tom Brady going to the Buccaneers. There's no, You can tell me about Montana going to the Chiefs. It's not bigger than that. That's maybe one of the biggest... That's the biggest story ever. Yeah. Maybe OJ. In, in, the, in the Bronco is bigger, maybe. Yeah, but that's not football.
2: Right. As far as a football story, I think you're right. Montana, and by the way, completely different circumstances, really. Yeah. I, I mean, they were ready to start the next generation of San Francisco 49ers football. And by the way, they proved them, everyone proved themselves right. I think Montana took them to what? The AFC Championship game, and uh, Steve Young won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But we, we have a winner when it comes to Brady versus the Patriots. Like, let's just fucking lay that. To, to rest and look if Mac Jones goes out there and throws for you know 3,900 yards and 29 touchdowns this year and they're fucking you know nine and eight or whatever you have to be with the 17 game schedule I think people are gonna say oh wow maybe Belichick does get another Super Bowl before he retires You're like maybe they're on the right track but as of right now that debate is squashed I'm just talking about for this week yeah. Jalen Hurts ain't playing mm-hmm. for an illness we don't know what it is I guess it's not it's not COVID um you got Dak Prescott's gonna see his first act we don't even mention Dak Prescott. I mean, there's so many different stories. I can't wait to talk about this with Sal's, but Kyler, you know, is is we we assume Kyler is going to get you know, all this Pat Mahomes money, but like, what if they win seven games again this year? It's a huge.
3: That's the guy who I'm keeping an eye on this yeah. year because he's shown flashes. He's won games, but I need you to go to the playoffs for me before you get the. I think you're you right, though. And, it, and it, it, there's built-in excuses for him, though. Tor that division, the and then that's the, true.
2: The way that it is now, Seahawks aren't going anywhere, and then you met Matt Stafford. So for me, the biggest question is Stafford. Like, he puts up the cartoon numbers each and every year, but you just get a pass when you're in Detroit. You're not going to win in Detroit when you're playing football. So anybody that was in Detroit you get a pass. And when you leave, I will assess what happens afterwards. But man, I tell you what, they gave up a lot to bring in a guy that doesn't go to the playoffs and doesn't win playoff games. And you bring him in and you know, the Rams have been tremendous, but they've had a very difficult time getting over the hump. I don't know. Now I watched some of Jared Goff with Detroit and I was like, yeah, that's what Jared Goff should look like with Detroit. Again, all this is preseason, but to me, that division and that acquisition is the biggest one that we should be watching, despite the fact there's more glamorous names being tossed around.
3: I mean, especially with San Francisco, also, yeah, and that gong show that's happening because Garoppolo could still win you games. Garoppolo could get you ten wins with that Niners team if they're all healthy, easily. But I mean, Trey Lance also the sucking off the the one pass from Trey Lance in the preseason, dude. You, I
2: guess which, nobody which watched it, any it's of that a good game. Throw,
3: but great throw. People are just so, and it's the social media. It's all social media you know people in real life like me and Dukes right now we're talking about it in irrational. real life uh, but on online it's just insufferable how quickly people are ready to fill their pants it just it's so annoying i mean it's a great throw i hope every quarterback throws for 4000 yards and the and the game all the games are 55-55, whatever.
2: He was getting crushed. I I mean, he played, and again, it's preseason, but the same reason why I'm not going to, I think the kid looks like he might be the most exciting of these quarterbacks to watch play, these young quarterbacks that were drafted. I'm not taking anything away from him. And I would be tempted to just throw him out there and start him. But if you're San Francisco, you can make the playoffs with Jimmy Garoppolo. Right? Right. I think that team could, as much as you want to shit all over him, Warren Sharp does such a great job, and he does such a great job of always putting this statistic out, which is one of my favorites. 69% of Kyle Shanahan's career games as a play caller have come with these quarterbacks. C.J. Bethard, Nick Mullins, Brian Hoyer, Johnny Manziel, Connor Shaw, Robert Griffin III, Rex Grossman, Donovan McNabb, Kirk Cousins, John Beck, Matt Schaub, C.J sage rosenfels the other 31 percent, jimmy g and matt ryan yeah people shit all over jimmy g and they look at you know that guy and i don't know how much of a hand he had in the quarterbacks that he was given you know i'm sure now that he's been, he's lord emperor out in the bay more of it but you look at this record with all those other quarterbacks i'm sorry his scheme and the shanahan scheme is not good enough to win you a super bowl without a quarterback um, and you can dismiss Garoppolo all you want, and, and perhaps he should be dismissed. Perhaps he can't get you over the hump. But he's had a lot of success in this league and a lot of success with Kyle Shanahan. So people that just think the rookie's just going to walk in because he was drafted in the first round, I don't know how he can be expected to beat that guy out who's already knows his offense. I just
3: – and I made a little bit of production for some guy in San Francisco a couple years ago. And since then I've been somewhat enveloped in 49ers Twitter. The amount of times I see that fucking overthrow in the Super Bowl from Jimmy G uh, where he overthrows his receiver and they're still upset about it, it's a missed throw. You had 70 other plays. I cannot – he took you to the Super Bowl. And I get you had a great wide receiver uh, running back uh, by committee that year, and you had a great defense. Uh, You know, it's not Trent Dilfer
2: out there i think people are spoiled i think because Exa- yes. we have tour we have constant access to highlights we have constant access i can watch all of pat mahomes's games so san francisco 49ers fans are sitting there with a sense of entitlement looking at their quarterback and saying why don't you play like that nobody plays like that there's two or three guys it's aaron Rodgers. it's pat mahomes it's tom brady and then we can start talking about some of the other ones but there's five. there's three elite guys probably and five to six really good guys, and the rest of the league kind of falls Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Like, are you 100% for or against Baker Mayfield? No. Ryan Tannehill. Every time I think Ryan Tannehill, I mean he's a bag of shit, and then I pull up his stats, and I'm like, oh, whoa, wow, hold on a second. They're not winning despite him. Yeah. I think people just get oversaturated with the national conversation, and it's a, it's coveting. Our entire society now is based on coveting. What, instead of we talk about this on the show all the time. Instead of building up what you have and focusing on your energies and your family and your situation, we just covet and want to tear down what other people have, um, and that gets you nowhere. It certainly doesn't win you a Super Bowl. It's pocket watching, and also pocket watching.
3: It's not like there's a whole bunch of QB poverty this year. It, when I'm no. looking, when I'm looking across, what do you have? Darnold in Carolina. Drew Locke in Denver, uh, Tyrod Taylor in Houston. Are those the bottom three that, are, that that's out there? That's not a bad bottom three. I
2: always get so sucked in. I, I watch, I follow a couple guys from Carolina, and um, just because of the, the Rivera connection when I was doing my last year on the radio, like yeah. I was, there was so much of that. Darnold, it's camp throw dimes just fucking <laughs> dimes all over the field and i'm like oh jesus like maybe maybe he's gonna be okay like McCaffrey's gonna be healthy i'm just assuming they're gonna be at the bottom of the division with the sorry ass falcons um don't, don't even get started they suck
3: they're gonna suck
2: it's uh it's gonna be bad so um all right so there's there's a shitload of storylines the one thing i wanted to say i think justin fields is in is not in a good spot and i'm gonna explain that um, for whatever reason, Dwayne Haskins got, I would say one eighth of the hype coming out of college that, that Justin Fields is getting, going to the bears. And maybe you could say, well, Duke that's cause he's going to Chicago instead of Washington and that's a bigger market and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Maybe you would say even if Dukes Fields is just a better quarterback, you know that now, but, but coming out after throwing, what did he throw? 55 touchdowns, Dwayne Haskins, fucking unbelievable offense. I mean, just absolutely yeah, bonkers, shattering record. And the the nonstop, I don't know who started it, but every time Justin Fields has a picture of himself put up, everyone feels the need to go QB1, QB1. And it's like, is that about Andy Dalton or is that about Justin Fields? The reason why I'm hesitant is whenever I look at a situation and no one's really ever done it, you you look at the quarterback position for the Chicago Bears, name me the Hall of Famers, okay? Now name me the All-Pros, name me the Pro Bowlers. Name me the first team all uh, all all pros. G- give me guys that led the league in passing. Like give me, give me guys that took the team to the postseason, and then t- and then took the team to the postseason again. The, na- I mean this is the Cade McNown's and the fucking Jay Cutlers and the Cordell Stewart's. I mean you go down the list, the Grossmans, the Shane Matthews. They have been using that. What is that? Flex Seal. They've tried flex seal. They've tried drafting guys. They've tried bringing in big name acquisition. They've tried it all. Mighty putty. It's never worked. Yeah. When you're going into a situation where it has never worked, I'm not saying it can't work. It's the same thing when Ron Rivera got hired by the Redskins. I said, maybe he can do it. Ain't nobody done it since Snyder's been here. Nobody. Including the closest we had was Joe fucking Gibbs. St. Gibbs coming back and he won a playoff game. You know, like that's... That's the level of success that we're talking about here. And then he left before his contract was up, <laughs> by the way. He said, I don't want to have anything to do with this. And then the whole Greg Williams fiasco took place. So I, I think he's the one that the most and the maybe maybe I'm not respecting how much the New England fans are already sucking off Mac Jones. When 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 Cam Newton left in that game against Washington and Mac Jones came out the field and there was just like a standing ovation, I'm like, dude, dude, I know you're fans. I know you're drunk. I know you're in Boston you got to fucking keep it in your pants i don't know why fans don't know that it, it, it suits them and it suits the team better if they keep it in their pants a little bit surrounding these young quarterbacks in these situations
3: you're just going to overwhelm them and you're going to just apply they just gotta you just gotta move them along some guys are built different they like all that they they thrive on it right but quarterbacks are kind of like pitchers where you got to get them going right off the the, the get up or else they're going to be a little fickle their entire career from what I've seen.
2: Andy Dalton is just getting treated like such a bag of <laughs> shit, and I just feel, I, I feel bad for him. I honestly do because he had to pull all those years in in Cincinnati where you want to talk about never doing it. And, and I realized he had talent. He had decent wide receivers, decent running game around him. Um, there's some good players on defense. But it's Cincinnati, and then you go and just Dallas was such a remarkable uh, fuck-all that last. I mean, it's just – It was such an awful situation there, and then now he's completely besmirched. He's completely his reputation's in the shitter, and so that he becomes a punchline, having done nothing wrong. You know, signing in Chicago to do whatever he's going to do. Um, I just be I would be reluctant to week one to start the rookie every single time, simply because I, I I've never played high level college football tour. You play college football, but standing on the sideline watching professional football be played, which I've done is some of the most humbling shit I've ever seen in my life. And I know it's going to be different. Just feels big time fucking quarterback, big strong guy coming from a huge humongous program. But just seeing that you're taking then the top 1% of all of those players and they're out there beating the shit out of each other. Get him three or four games of that under his belt, going through his eyeballs. And that
3: goes for all these young quarterbacks. Um, I think that's incredibly worthwhile. It's uh, it's definitely a culture shock. I remember I went on a, a spring day to my school where all the, all the incoming freshmen were, uh, you know, they're going to come and watch the spring game. And then you, you just kind of sit on the sideline and watch how everybody acts. And I'm like, holy shit, these guys are just yelling at each other and they're spitting. And there's just water flying, and coaches aren't giving a fuck. I mean, and then take that up a notch to where yeah. it's grown ass men, and not a bunch of eighteen year olds just hoping to you know get their dick sucked after the game. You're going, and it's like jobs are on the line, and people are intense, and it's just, and, and you just know they're uh, NFL players. Also, they're just you, you just. I don't know. It's it's gonna it's a it's a culture shock.
2: Also, there's a point of this that a lot of people don't bring up that I've had players talk to me about. And when you are competing at a professional level, it's not just hey, we're both friends. We're out here having fun playing a kids game they're literally taking money out of your pocket. They're taking food out of your kids' mouths if you want to be dramatic about it because you have things like win bonuses and performance bonuses and playoff bonuses and roster bonuses, and you're competing with guys on your team, and then you're competing with guys across the field where you can look at them and legitimately say, you're stopping me from being able to you know, buy my wife a new car or, or put away enough money so that my grandkids don't have to worry about going to college. Like, there's some real shit that happens in professional football that doesn't get talked about a lot because we all just look at it and say, oh, look at them. They're lucky. They get to play a sport for a living. That's not necessarily the way that it's being looked at by the guys out there playing. <laughs> uh, there's so much to talk about. Uh, let's start with Joey T. You want to have him on? Yeah. Mr. Joe Theismann, Super Bowl champion. We'll talk with him about the Washington. I want to know if uh, Tyler, uh, Taylor, Tyler, uh, Heineke, Heineke, um is he, just, is he just relegated to competing for the backup with Kyle Allen, or does he have any type of shot at all to unseat Ryan Fitzpatrick in the preseason? Joe would probably know that, and I promise you I'm going to ask him zero questions about the name change. You're listening to the Chad Dukes Show NFL Preseason Spectacular.
3: Hey, everyone. If you haven't become a Facebook supporter of the Chad Duke Show or want more information, head to Chad Duke Show on Facebook and click the Supporter Hub tab. It's $5 a month. You'll get access to all the video content from our bonus shows and Friday night boot nannies.
2: It's the Chad Duke Show in the capital of the United States of America, Washington, D.C. Very excited to be looking at the Brinko Solutions hotline right now and see one of my favorite people in the whole world, Mr. Joe Theismann, Super Bowl champion, of course, and now champion broadcaster. I was watching him last week call the very first Washington football team preseason game, and it was always entertaining. Joe, it is a pleasure to have you on, my friend. How are you? So, I'm good, Chad. It's always good to catch up with you. Is it always strange in your position because you had so much success on the football field, but then you've been in media now for longer than probably you played football, I would imagine at this point, maybe approaching that if you thought college and high school and all of that. Is it weird to look back and see like how it really is a lot of duality in your career and what you're known for at this point?
0: It is fun. I mean, it is ironic. I'm probably known for the guy with the worst broken leg. You know, <laughs> the the first worst broken leg. There's been uh, quite a few since then, unfortunately. But um, it was just an unbelievable opportunity to be around some great players, some great coaches, and you know, I have a favorite saying, Chad. It's the day you stop learning is the day you stop living. Mm. And uh, what broadcasting allowed me to do, and I've spent I spent 23 years in the booth, and I I still do it now for Washington, half for the last almost 10 years of the preseasons, uh the thing that i enjoy so much is continuing to learn about our new new young guys and the concepts and the way the game continues to evolve it's like you know, I, I would if you're a dentist or an accountant or a lawyer or no matter what you as a as you know a radio host you continue to evolve to try and learn as much as you can to be as informative as, as you can and that's what i'm you know that's what i try and do uh with football, I just I love learning. I love to watch these young guys go. And, you know, I laugh sometimes. I think back in 1984, I think including bonuses, I might have been the highest paid player in the league at a million dollars a year. Wow. And, I, and then I just I just read where, you know, Josh Allen just signed his new contract for 250 million, 150 guaranteed. And, and I think it's great i you know I'm one of those guys that i I believe in free enterprise, I believe in supply and demand and you when you don't have a lot of guys that can play at a high level and you have someone that can, you want to keep them around and so good for these young guys, but it's it's all part of the growth and learning but i've I've enjoyed every day and every step in the process
2: I think it's one of the reasons why you still remain so successful you've heard other people I forgot who told this advice to me, but they said you you're never going to earn a dollar worrying about someone else's dollar and it's a situation where it's wow. not you know what i mean wow, If you that's had, prophetic yeah. that's great well i mean how that's many great how many people do you know are, are con- i mean you go on social media it's bereft with it you you sit there and you're everyone's worried about what everyone else is making everybody's angry at everybody i was like well that's not advancing you you're not getting further along in your situation if that's the way you operate and i think that's the mentality you're talking about looking at what these quarterbacks are making nowadays
0: yeah it's it's good for them And and, and for me i've had I've had very different careers, too. I mean, it was football for 15 and then it was broadcasting for 23. And then after the 82 season, I started doing speeches and I continue to do those now uh, to talk about you know the things that are in my book, which is called How to Be a Champion Every Day. And that's the essence of the book was based upon the presentations that I did. For so many years, for so many different organizations, and 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 I learned about them. I mean, there are companies that I have spoken to. There's companies that I do research on that I actually buy stock in. So, but it's all be- not because of what someone tells me, but it's because of the research that I do. And I, you know, when I was a kid in high school growing up, and uh, I never really cared much for the the book part of it. I mean, I was a C student. I was a good student, let's say average good student. Then when I got to college, um, I basically barely got into Notre Dame and I made up my mind that I wanted to stay eligible to play football. And so I, I really literally, and this is true, I went out on two dates, one date my freshman year, one date my sophomore year when I was at the University of Notre Dame. At that time, it was an all-male institution, but I went out on two dates. Same girl, Margie Broderick was her name. I'll never forget. She wound up becoming a vice president of a bank in Chicago. Um, But I I committed my time to the football and uh, to the pool room and to my studies. I used to shoot a lot of pool on campus. But I I just, you, you just priorities are something that you really have to work on. And one of the things that I ask people to do is is figure out what you want professionally, personally, spiritually, financially, write them down. I'm a firm believer, Chad, that if you bring something out into this universe, it has a chance of happening. If it stays in your head and it doesn't come out here to get a chance to be nurtured, then it's really not gonna go anywhere. And it's you know, and it's that's what you do. Yeah, I mean it's uh, that's just sort of the way I look at life.
2: It's so much so many people I know need to hear stuff like that too. Um how to be a champion every day. It's available on only um, well, any place you can buy books, you can pick it up. I've I've read it. It's
0: audio too. Yep. Hardest thing I've ever done. Hardest thing I believe oh, I've ever done. You did the whole well, thing not, I yourself? I read the whole thing myself. It took me five sessions and then four sessions to go back and make all the corrections when I couldn't pronounce names right and stuff. <laughs> God
2: bless. I've always wondered about that, how long that oh, process takes. It sounds gosh. like it's
0: arduous. It is. I'm telling you. I mean, at first I thought, hey, this is a neat idea. I'll just, you know, I'll I'll read my own book. I'll do the audio for my own book. Sure. And then. Holy mackerel! I mean, I um, would rather
2: you read your book if I'm buying your book. To me, but I still I could understand if you said, "Hey, let me get, let me pause. some some other guys out there need some work. Let me go ahead and get some oh, paydays I, from other people."
0: <laughs> I can't tell you how many times in this session I'm going. You know, maybe I should have just asked somebody else to do it. <laughs> um, I have
2: I've so much I'd like to ask you about. Uh, t- talk to me about Joe. There, is there any type of competition for the starting? quarterback for this team or is it kyle allen versus taylor for the the backup at this point i, I know they brought Fitz in here to start but haneke looked good in that game and we, we saw him against tampa bay and he's a fan favorite does he have a chance at all to start a quarterback for this football team
0: you know no i don't think so Fitz is the starting quarterback of this football team and and you know hopefully he'll stay healthy he, he brings so much to the table and he brings so much to the quarterback room he brings so much knowledge and these guys are like you know stephen kyle and Taylor, are all like sponges, you know, they just they're just sitting there absorbing so much information that Ryan has been able to to impart to them. But he's the starting quarterback, and now, you know, Taylor's going to play uh, a bit um, against uh, Cincinnati tomorrow night, and then you've got Steven, and now Kyle's coming back, so it'll be interesting to see how much each of those guys get a chance to play in the latter part of that football game. But uh, Ryan is the starting quarterback, and uh, you know, he's the guy that uh, everybody looks at. I mean, he just you you can't there's no replacement for experience and that's the one thing Taylor does not have at this point I mean he's played five quarters of football at the professional level the the, uh, Stephen Montez the other night against New England was the first time he's really been in a a game since, since he left Colorado and then Kyle you know has been in the league but he was he's been hurt he was hurt last year he was hurt through most of training camp this year for a couple weeks so you're not getting a lot of guys with a lot of time, but you have to over these next couple of weeks to get them sort of ready for the season.
2: The um, I saw that Kelvin Harmon was released, and that was a guy that I kind of expected to be maybe one of those late-round uh, producers for this team. You loved his size, 6'2", 215. He gets released, and you're looking at it saying, well, maybe that's just because they're so much better at wide receiver that you have that ability to do something like that, that you literally don't have the depth any longer to keep a project like that on the team. Do we think that's the reason why? Should we have that much more confidence in the
0: wide receiver core? Well, yeah, I do. I think I have a lot of guys. We haven't seen Curtis Samuel yet either, as right. a matter of fact, uh, you know, which really would be considered, the prize, other than Fitz, the prize acquisition in the offseason. Um, bringing him along slowly, he's working out, I think, a little bit more uh, individually, but you certainly want him ready to go against the Chargers. Uh, you, you know, there's nothing to be proved against Cincinnati or Baltimore. Just you want him healthy, you want him ready to go. Um, but there, two two places where there's a lot of depth on this football team and a lot of competition would be the cornerback position and the wide receiver position. And Kelvin, and, and I, you know, I admire the organization for giving him a chance to release him early enough to go someplace where he can get in the mix somewhere. Mm. If you get re- if you get released, uh, you know, you've got five more guys that get released next week where you get down to 80 and then, you know, the end of the month is when uh, they start to, re- you know, you get down to your 53-man roster and your, I believe, 10 or 12-man practice squad. But uh, I, I think, you know, the team did Stroman a favor. I think they did Kelvin a favor and Lamar Miller. to give, You know, they, they've gone early enough now that if somebody wants them, they can go there, get – comfortable with the system and learn how to, you know, learn to do what they need to do. But the wide receiver position is they created tremendous depth in that position. Um and you know, I mean Diami Brown is is a kid that's just shown yeah. up almost at every practice. Uh Terry looks like Terry McLaurin. He just, you know, the same. Consistent as all get out. Uh, you know, like I say, Curtis is another one. You've got uh, you know Adam Humphries. You've got, you know, different guys that'll suit different roles. Uh Jack Mills, Uh, you know, you're you're looking at guys that have been healthy, able to play and, uh, you know, can do certain things. The big thing is special teams too,
2: being able to contribute on special teams. Absolutely. You you mentioned Brown. Um, I mean, that hype train is that's taken off already. They take him in the third round. He had a couple catches in that game against New England. But it sounds like you believe all that hype surrounding him is warranted. You see him more as a slot player. I know Humphreys was brought in to play there. How are they going to work him out there onto the field?
0: I, you know, it, th- that's the thing is, is he has wonderful versatility. Um, you know, diami's probably going to be an outside receiver. I mean, you've got Dax, you've got Adam, you know, in the slot. You have guys – and then you, and you look in the backfield. you got J.D. catch, you know, a ton of balls last year in McKissick. Uh, Antonio has the ability to catch the ball. Jared Patterson looked really good the other night doing a lot of different things. Um, so, you, I mean, the thing about this football team is it has competition and it has versatility. You have players that can play different positions on both sides of the ball. You know, you have safeties that have cornerback abilities. You have corners that have safeties abilities. You know, they're big enough, fast enough, and quick enough to be able to fill if they need to, but they also have the ability to cover if they need to go outside. And that's, that's the thing I think Ron set out, what he wanted to do for this football team. Was, number one, create competition and upgrade the speed of this football team. And that's what they've done on both sides of the ball when he drafted Jamin Davis. I mean, the young guys—he uh, uh, can run. Interesting thing about young linebackers coming out of college—they don't ever get to really see a quarterback under center very much. When you really stop and think about it, you know, the ball's being snapped to a guy five yards behind. You basically there's not a lot of deception when it comes to play action and all that stuff. Uh, and that's just you know part of the process of learning what to look at from the linebacker position.
2: There's um I, I want to keep you I always go over with uh, you Joe and I appreciate <laughs> your time I don't keep you too long but you're you know you're a Super Bowl winning quarterback you've had some tremendous success in this league at that position Trey Lance Mac Jones uh, Zach Wilson Justin Fields I mean. You look at you know Jacksonville, it goes without saying. There are so many interesting quarterback positions being battled for with Annie Daltons and Jimmy Garoppolo's, Cam Newton's, veteran guys there. Um, and you expect all these guys in the first rounds. like, hey, you got to play, you got to play. Is that st- – Where are we still with that? If you take a quarterback in the top 15 picks, does does he have to start the season? Is there any room for that argument still? Is this all smoke and mirrors? I'd love to get your thumbnail on just the state of all these young quarterbacks
0: we're watching compete right now. I don't think that I don't think he has to start. I think he has to show the coaches enough that he has the ability to start. I thought Mac Jones showed a lot for New England. Uh, Justin Fields showed a lot um, in Chicago. Um, Trey Lance out in, in San Francisco, same thing, Zach Wilson in New York. I would expect, I would, if not the first week, I would expect that these young guys will be playing within three or four games, depending upon how the teams do. But they, and then, you know, Trey is, uh, or Trevor Lawrence down in Jacksonville. I mean, they brought him in to start. I think they brought Zach Wilson in to start in New York. Um, you have the competition supposedly in Chicago. I don't think there's a competition. I think they'll go with the young guy there because he brings a little bit more versatility to the position out in, out in San Francisco. I think Jimmy may start out there, but, uh, you know, Trey is sort of serving notice. And, and, of course, Mac Jones in New England. You know, it'll be interesting to see if, if um, Bill Belichick wants to go that route with the young guy. But, yeah, I think – and then, and then you've got the second – you've got, you know, Joe Burrow. You know, you, you forget Patrick Holmes sure. still a young guy. Um, and you look around at Tua down in Miami, you know, again, a young guy, so, I mean, you potentially are looking at, you know, almost what 30%, 40% of the, of the football teams in this league going to start with guys under two or three years.
2: And, and so many pivotals like Kyler Murray, like, is he going to be that? You He's know, another one. That's another playoff one. Yeah, caliber. I mean,
0: yeah. Right. And, and you look at what teams have done. Daniel Jones, another one in New York. Yep. Who's going to be the quarterback? Who's going to be the quarterback in, in Philadelphia? You know, I mean, there's this division has, you know, Dak. What's Dak going to, is Dak going to be healthy enough to go? Is uh, Saquon Barkley going to be good enough to go in New York? What's going to happen in Philadelphia? I mean, is it Jalen's job? Jalen's another one of those young guys. I mean, we, we've named nine players with three years or less experience that are, you know, looking at the quarterback position.
2: Well, Joe, I always appreciate your time, but I always hope you appreciate that whenever I'm interviewing you, I don't ask you once about the, the Redskins name change. It doesn't come up once, and I'm going to be the one oasis in the history of talk radio that doesn't bring that up when you're on the phone. Well,
0: I appreciate that, and let me just say this. I think pretty soon we're going to have a new name. So that you're right. You know, it will be something soon. I
2: hope it's not embarrassing. I, I, my vote is for Washington football team to continue, but we'll, we'll see I, I'm sure, goes. I'm sure it won't be. I guarantee you. Okay. Oh, well, you, <laughs> you would know, my friend. At Theismann7, how to be a champion every day. Get it on Amazon. Joe, thank you so much, my friend.
0: You bet, Chad. Take care. The
2: Bye-bye. great
3: Joe Theismann on the Chad Duke Show. Whether you're drinking by the fire, getting ready to send it into Arlington like your boy or just trying to find an escape from your eight kids. Make sure you check out the Chad Duke Show playlist on Spotify. Just go to chaddukeshow.com slash music, the official link to your new favorite playlist. Hey, everybody, it's Tor here. And one thing that I learned in Florida was that when you get in the salt water, it'll mat your hair a little bit, which is why I am so glad that before I left, I used my brand new lawnmower 4.0 to take care of all of my grooming below the belt. I was swimming around. I didn't have any uh, problems afterwards in the shower. You know how you get that saltwater hair? It's all matted up. Imagine that down below the belt. I know you would not be comfortable with it, which is why I can only recommend to you the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. This thing has a 4000K. LED Spotlight you can turn on whenever you need to, if you are shaving in the dark, shave it in the shower. You'll be able to see however you want to. It has a 7,000 RPM motor, and the new multifunction on and off switch can engage a travel lock and is even waterproof. This thing is everything that you would need in a razor. Put down the old scissors, get off the Rube Ham and Egger tour method that I've been using for so long, and just upgrade yourself. It's still in the end of summer. September is going to be hot still you're going to want to make sure you're trimmed and you're staying cool and clean hygiene is important fellas so make sure to head over to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the code dukes at manscaped.com that's 20% off and free shipping with the code dukes your balls will thank you big shoot is gaming and he wants you to be a part of it head over to Chad Duke show gaming on Facebook turn on your notifications you'll know when shooter is going live Tune in to see Big Finishing Moves, Tall Vampire Ladies, and Samurais in Tsushima. Follow Chad Duke Show Gaming to get all the info you need on any of the giveaways that take place as well. Thank you to Joe Thiesman for
2: coming on the show. Thank you to Money Monk for sponsoring the Fortress of Solid Dudes, where we broadcast each and every day Monk's Barbecue in Percival, friendos, they got a bunch of specials this weekend, uh, a bunch of cool stuff coming up for uh, for fall as well. Monk's Barbecue is the best. Monk'sQ.com, I believe, is the website, so uh, check them out. I'm actually heading out uh, tour today after the show to Flying Ace Farm in um, Lovettsville to actually get our... Uh, our event. I'm going to start storyboarding some of the event. Uh, he requested that you come, but I said there's no way that would happen because you would have to come. Um, but, uh, of course, we have the big event out at Flying Ace at uh, October 9th, our Sasquatch Hunt and Fish fry. So we're going to kind of figure out where we're playing the wiffle ball. I'm going to take a look at the pond and kind of see where we're setting up. Um, for the bass fishing tournament. Uh, see where the Mortal Kombat machine is going to go for the Mortal Kombat tournament. Yes, all of this is happening. If you want details, you can follow us on the socials at Chad Duke Show on Instagram and on Facebook. But uh, man, that's shaping up to be a, a great time. I wonder if there will be another football throw off. I feel like every time you go out anywhere now, there's listeners around, you get challenged to throw a football. I'll throw it against anybody, anywhere. Anybody. Throw down immediately. And I know Shude's got my back on that. I, I do. I, I would. I would be surprised if there is anyone listening to this right now that could throw a football as far as you. And it pains me to say it, but you got to give the devil his due. When I see that meaty-legged Sasquatch fucking lumber out onto the field, I know that that Nerf ball is getting thrown into orbit. So you've earned that, young man. Thank so you. Very excited for that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh,
3: today I'm going to need you to put on your, your safety inspector hat as well. Oh yes, sure there's no, yes, uh, possible tripping holes on the on the field and. Then,
2: well, is it still? I don't. I don't remember. Did we? Did you decide that you gave Monk his your blessing to play wiffle ball, or is he still on like a probationary basis with
3: you? No, he's allowed to play, but if the field, you know, say right field has like a big divot in it or something, mm, might have it, to fill that in with a little topsoil. Yeah, and then Monk will be in left field.
2: Yeah, or maybe yeah. Monk, you know, DH, you know, something. <laughs> the problem is, is that he can he can easily hurt himself running around the bases too. Do you remember when we were playing flag football and he just started throwing himself? He went horizontal three times in the first five minutes. The fuck is wrong with that guy?
3: He just so many people were on the ground. Dude,
2: he thinks it's army navy out there. We were playing fucking touch football.
3: You are calling mesh routes and people couldn't too, too much hip. I think I think the hips on everybody was just was just bumping too much. I wanted to head. throw a
2: swing pass like fucking like give and give and go and then everyone was just rolling around on the ground. Grab am my leg, I'm my knee, and I'm like, all right, well, I guess I guess we'll call this off. Got to play pickleball or something like other old people. Uh, that'll be October 9th. I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to Sean Salisbury coming on the show. The absolute best in the business. I assume most of you are familiar with his works. Uh, if not, you're in for a treat. It is uncensored Sal's. Tor, it might be my favorite thing on earth next to Velveeta shells and cheese with hot dogs and Frank's Red Hot Sauce uncensored sals is about as good as it gets
3: he answers a question i think about ryan Tannehill, and it's the <laughs> funny I, I don't know it's, it's just a hilarious answer because it's because
2: well, it's, it's so honest yes too.
3: exactly it's just honesty i'm like oh this is just refreshing there's no sugar coating that's how he feels i
2: love him i'd kiss his face I, please don't tell him that but i would uh sean salisbury on the chad duke show nfl preseason spectacular 2021 edition
3: If you're feeling hungry, go check out the show's presenting sponsor, Monks Barbecue in Percival, Virginia. You can follow Monks on Twitter and Instagram at MonksBBQ. That's at MonksBBQ on Instagram and Twitter.
2: It is the Chad Duke Show preseason NFL spectacular. We've already heard from great Joe Theismann, now we're going to hear from the great Sean Salisbury, pound for pound the best media personality in the business, I've always said it, I will continue to say it, you can follow him on Twitter, I highly suggest you do so, at Sean Unfiltered, radio host, television hosts, and right now going out there to work with some young men playing at the quarterback position, we appreciate you taking some time before you get out there and get your hands back in the dirt, Salis, how you been my man?
1: I'm doing great. I uh, hope you've had a good summer. Always great to be on with you, brother. I miss him weekly, and uh, I'm happy to be here, so thank you.
2: Fantastic. I know you uh, – for those of you that don't know, Sal's got about 1,000 irons in the fire Is all successful people <laughs> do at all times, so thanks for pulling one of them out and chat with me. I, I, I think it's a great – it's always a great time to have you on, Sean, but especially right now, have you? do you ever remember – if you want to talk about – Stafford and Goff being in new locations, uh Kyler Murray, his ascension, you know, Tua in his second year, Daniel Jones, and then you get to all of these young quarterbacks. And and we're talking about first round picks that you gotta play, but they got Sav Garoppolo and Cam Newton and Annie Dalton are there. I mean, I feel like we talk about quarterback hysteria all the time, you and I, but I can't remember a time where there's this much going on at that position.
1: Couldn't agree more, and I'm not a preseason guy for the most part as far as like my excitement hasn't kicked into football normally. But I, I'm more excited I mean I've always loved the regular season and I know guys are trying to make teams and do all that. And I try to reserve to getting too excited or too bummed about a team or a player if preseason does or doesn't go well. But been in the situation, so I understand I understand where those guys are coming from trying to get ready and it's such a short time. I, I can't remember a time when I've been this, I don't know if anxious or excited is whatever word it is. It describes looking forward to a regular season and to exactly what you've discussed. I'm with you. And not only are these guys good and we talk about quarterback chaos and all the things guys that have been in the league a couple of years that are looking for quantum leaps guys that are new and we got five first rounders that can flat ass play. At least the early returns look like it. And we got a bunch of veterans who are good players, but, Are trying to fight off a kid who the kids that are in their 20s that just don't know what they don't know except making plays i'm pumped man and then to see if you know if there's teams that the offense can catch back up to their defense like in washington i mean i I am as excited and is it is intrigued with uh football and the young players and the young quarterbacks and i'm with you the kyler murray leap i think he makes a Lamar Jackson quantum leap like he did and in, and in, and in, to where he's an MVP candidate the Stafford stuff on the first team hell I could go on and on and which one of these veterans Cam or Garoppolo or Dalton or anybody else is going to be able to hold off these rookies that are just that, that we don't wait much time to throw them in And they appear to be mature as hell for guys that are pretty young.
2: I would agree. Um, Sal, the Browns and the Bills. I'm so excited about watching both of these teams this year. And I, I want to be edgy enough and, and forethinking enough to say like they, you know, they're gonna be able to leapfrog uh Kansas City. And Kansas City lets teams hang around and then uh, you know, sometimes they put themselves in bad positions because of that and they rely on their talent, but you know, they address the offensive line. They still have the best quarterback in the game. They still have talent all over the board, they have the championship mindset. Is is there any Team right now you're looking at and saying oh yeah they're gonna they're gonna step over the Chiefs this year I, I love the Chargers I mean Herbert but his progression and you know moving forward with all that talent that maybe that that's a something you might want to speculate about but I really I can't see it happening this season as much as I think it would be incredibly entertaining if it did
1: I'm gonna tell you I don't they, they haven't leaped over the Kansas City Chiefs and the two of the teams you talked about are the the uh, Browns and the Buffalo Bills but yeah. I'll tell you they've closed the gap. They have, and a lot of it has to do with that the the gap between Mahomes and Allen. And now, while Mahomes is number one, uh, Josh Allen ain't tenth. I can promise your ass that. And we see. I don't understand. Maybe it's because he's brash. Maybe it's because he is a walk-on in his past. That he's always playing with a chip on his shoulder. That he responds to people. That people. I, I don't know what it is, but why. People – Kevin Stefanski's is a pretty good judge of football players. I have no idea why the Baker Mayfield dismay or – I mean, if we – if you took his name off it and stuck him in his first and third year, you were year two, but in his first part of his career and said, okay, here's the numbers and here's what he's done with his team and didn't put the name by it and didn't put the team by it, people would say, damn, yeah, he's a good player. Well, I think Baker Mayfield also the next jump. And I he's a, he's a guy that his energy – rubs off on players and what's not to like about their damn roster Mm. if they can rush the passer which they will and miles garrett's so good they've got the best one two punch running back in the league those two guys they're loaded if beckham's 100 percent healthy and 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 plays pissed and has something to prove i mean you look around that roster is is late january roster pie i mean if they get good performance There's no they don't take a backseat to to very many when it comes to the talent. Now, of course, you gotta be lucky. You gotta stay healthy. Quarterbacks gotta rise up. I don't think Baker Mayfield's going south. I think Baker Mayfield's going to continue to improve. Buffalo, to me, I'm gonna tell you, Chad. If I was picking now on a futures bet, and you told me home field advantage goes to Buffalo in the playoffs for the entire time, and they're gonna meet Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. I'm not so sure I'm not taking Buffalo with that home crowd there and vice versa for Kansas City. I think that home field, again, with those two teams is going to matter more than maybe home fields. Matter. Like, listen, I, I'm not worried about Kansas City, honestly. I'm not worried about Brady going into to Green Bay. I'm not worried about uh, Mahomes going into – if he has to go into L.A. and play against the Chargers in a playoff game. I don't, I'm i not worried that, that he can't beat them. I'm going to tell you, though, r- roll, roll into Buffalo – and the, the gap is is, is is a lot closer. Yeah. And so I think we're, lo- and we're just loaded with so many freaking good quarterbacks that, that are good that can't even – that, that aren't even – what do you say? You'd roll through the 10 and say, oh, I left him out? That's how we are. So you got to be lucky. But while Kansas City is a favorite, there's part of me that believes that we're going to have a different representative in the AFC in the Super Bowl. I'm not waiting to make this – I'm going to wait till preseason and see if any injuries happen. But yeah. – Kansas City's going to have a is a little bit rougher. Plus, they got another year Herbert, like you mentioned. Denver's roster is really good if the quarterback can play. I mean, hell, if he can play, and then we'll see with the Raiders. But you know, the Raiders may Raider out and do what they do. But <laughs> yeah, the, the, the AFC is deep and man alive, there's I I met Alice also can't remember a time, Chad. We're going to do a league and do a season and overall AFC the NFC. Can you remember the last damn time? We had all these dudes that are good that you said, well, 10 guys can win the MVP.
2: Yeah.
1: Normally it's the, you know, we know it's Wilson, it's Rogers, it's Brady. And, and we throw in Aaron Donald, who defensive player of the year. And you say, other than that, who, I mean, unless some dude runs for 2,200 yards or a receiver, who's not going to win it, catches 20 touchdowns, he'd get mints and he still wouldn't win it because you'd give it to the quarterback who threw 20 to him. So I look at it, Herbert can be the MVP. Mayfield can be the MVP. Lamar Jackson's got it. Kyler Murray could raise up, get his team to the playoffs and win it. Um, Brady's always there. Russ Wilson. Damn, I could name ten right now that are not not just kinda candidates. That you say, damn, with the with the blink of an eye or a good season, he's sitting right there and could win it if his team wins eleven or twelve games. I am as fascinated and as intrigued with this season more than I have been in, in a long time. And I'm sure the COVID situation in last year has something to do with my excitement, but I can't believe it's here. And I can't wait for college and NFL to get started.
2: Yeah. Me neither. It's so funny. You're sitting there and breaking down all those teams. And I, I did what I always do sales. And I don't know why this is. I always forget about the Titans and, and you're sitting there. You mentioned an MVP candidate. Derrick Henry's that, and they, they add a top five guy. All time in Julio Jones this off season, and I I gotta stop disrespect. Thirty three touchdowns, seven interceptions. I always just sit there like everybody else and think they're doing it despite Tannehill, and that's that's just not the case bullshit. anymore,
1: right? Bull, bull, bullshit. <laughs> it yeah. is bullshit. I, uh, hopefully, am I allowed to cost? Uh, it costs yeah. as much <laughs> as
2: you want here. Yeah. I don't give a fuck.
1: Bullshit. Okay, and you are. It's so crazy you said that because I was having a conversation with uh, a, I can't even remember who it was, but somebody who's in the you know who covers it like we do. And said this, was talking about Tennessee. I said, "Sean, why are you sleeping on number one? Think about this. We got and Tannehill. People may not like this, especially in Houston. I know who the better player is when he's on the field. In Watson, we don't. He's not gonna be on the field this year, at least not in Houston. I know who the better overall player is and talent is. But I'm gonna tell you, over the last two and a half years, the best quarterback in the division. I'm talking about consistent with when it comes to wins and handling a team when he wasn't supposed to be. It's been Tannehill." So we all we talk about it, right? If I said, "Hey, name me ten or twelve you love," you know whose name's not going to be on there? Tannehill. Yeah. Now look at his performance. Now the, the question is, Todd Downing coming in as the coordinator, will he have the same? <clears throat> excuse me, as rhythm as Arthur Smith, who's on his way to Atlanta, and if they take that approach, and Derrick Henry's capable of rushing for 2,200 yards, and he the, the ball ain't heavy, and he proves it because that dude will carry it thirty times, thirty-five, and forty times. And by about the fourth quarter, you're so tired of getting your ass kicked, you say, "Man, you want to you surrender?" That's how good this dude is. So, and then you add Julio Jones and AJ Brown. Right now, this time of career, AJ Brown may be better than Julio Jones, just because of youth, right? And Julio, but maybe also capable of going out there and catching twelve touchdown passes with play action. And they don't. We don't know the quarterback situation in Indy. Wentz himself. The Houston Texans are got a backup that's a journeyman backup, but a solid player in Tyrod Taylor. And we got a rookie in Jacksonville with a team that's trying to find themselves. The Titans could very easily have home field advantage in the AFC. And and there is no team in the NFL, period, that's set at least offensively. Now, you've got teams that are better set up defensively, and that'll be their thing. Can they shut teams down in a red zone, and can they get after the passer, which they've struggled to do to put the passer on the ground and make him throw from the dirt? If this team – offensively, offensively gets home field advantage, or they even go on the road. Here's why they can do both. They might be the best offense suited to play in any type of weather because Henry can wear you out in the sun. We know that, and they can play action you to death. They make you play the full field because of play action and because of him. They don't have a problem running it if there's eight guys in the box because he's a bring-your-own-blocker guy, an outside linebacker, who friggin plays running back, which is friggin stupid how monstrous this guy is and how good he is. And then they got the guys who can kill you and one-on-one on the outside. And then they can play action to death and hit that stuff over the middle and create space. Their offense, and then they go on the road and play in Buffalo, and it can be 10 degrees. And you say, we'll protect the football. We'll hit the short stuff off play action, and Derrick Henry will control the clock, which is big when you got Allen and and Mahomes and anybody else in the AFC or Baker Mayfield. Cleveland may be second because of their run game as well but they're both equipped and you're right if you sleep on tennessee before you know it they're they're 12 and 5 or 13 and 4 and staring right at a possibility to have home field advantage but they are equipped to go on the road and even though they lost johnny smith and i understand that and davis i'm not so sure their offense won't be better my biggest concern about them is arthur smith losing him not a player because i think if if they're in that same pass calling rhythm. The Tennessee Titans right now are the team to beat in the division and are dangerous because of their lineup.
3: Uh, hey, Sean. Uh, the NFL has just recently come out saying they're going to be a little more stringent with the taunting penalties. And I know that, you know, there's a difference between uh, getting spit on on the field, which, you know, that's something that's happened to me. And you should get a right. flag for that. Uh, but, I mean, flexing after you make a big play or, or you know, celebrating with little hand. Uh, first down marker, uh, like Cam Newton used to do. You know, it was a little bit irritating. But that's because he was always carving up uh, my Atlanta, uh, so I was annoyed by it. But it, it never felt like penalty needed. Uh, do you do you agree with the NFL kind of trying to take away a little more of the taunting, or are you fine like
1: letting the players show a little? Uh, and I, I just, I love the question. I don't know where. Listen, we're did, did a time when. They can't get past interference, and, and I'm not dogging the refs. I know it's. I don't want that job. It's tough. And I, the, my problem with the NFL is we try to the, the the rules committee meets and we change shit just to change it every year. Some some stuff doesn't need to, right? It's almost like oh, it's New Year. Just because you sit in a meeting room doesn't mean it's always needs to be changed. There may be some things to do, but there may be some things you say we're not changing that. When it comes to this, I I'm, I got old school and new school in me. I don't like the guy, like you mentioned. I can't stand. You're up 21. The other team is, and you're you've been throwing all over a guy in a corner. You run a curl route. The quarterback overthrows the guy. They're down 21 on defense. It's the middle of the fourth quarter, and he comes back and you know how the the, the when they decline a penalty and a referee that he's waving his arms like the, 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 the dumbass made a play. You didn't do shit. Okay, <laughs> you sat there and watched ball over the head. That kind of taunting is it's a little irritating. Or a two-yard quarterback snake. That is in the middle of the first quarter and you run away from everybody and point to the first down. Hey, you know, it's not that big a deal. It's just, it's annoying because you're like, don't you know the situation of a game? All right. But with that, I don't know why. Uh, no, they say celebrations and taunting. So where's the line for me? You're right. Spitting in somebody's face, grabbing somebody's balls, which has happened to me at the bottom of a pile, twisting their leg, all those things. Those are just cheap plays. But a celebration, you stand over a guy and for, for, four seconds after you make a catch and look down on him. Yeah, that's taunting, and it's stupid, and we don't need it, and I don't know why we think we have to have it. Gamesmanship's one thing. Being an overboard clown show is another. That's one. But the other side is, I. you make a great play. We're, we in the NFL, everything you do is you try to think through, but it's emotional. Fuck, you, you're beating each other's brains in. Crowd's cheering. Crowd's booing. You're getting your ass handed to you, and all of a sudden you make a run after the catch for 40 to get down to the two? Now, listen, I, I have zero problem with you popping up, spinning the ball, and saying, let's go play, and let's get after it and go and jacked up and flexing your muscles. As long as it's not so blatant, you're not there to embarrass the other team with the celebration. You're there to embarrass the other team with your performance. So I'm a guy, I am love celebrations. But my question is, what do they call the difference between a celebration and a taunt? Yeah. The guy over spikes the ball four y- yards from a guy, is that a penalty or if a guy makes a run and carries, I saw one in preseason, made a big run, ran. I mean, I've carried like eight guys. I can't even remember who it was. This was last week. And then popped up and just looked back at the guy that tackled him and maybe, maybe looked down and said something. It wasn't that big a deal. They flagged him. So I need to know where the line is because I love celebrations. And I, it's okay for a little taunt, a guy to run by and say, you know, hey, look at his scoreboard. Okay, big deal. That's you. But when when it, put it this way. When that takes more attention away from the play that was made is the way I look at it. Now we've got a problem with the taunting. So a little bit of fun and gamesmanship I'm okay with. A lot of celebration I'm good with as long as you're not dumb enough to spike the ball on a two-minute drill with no timeouts and realize you're costing your team. But, hell, these guys talk. A receiver and a, and a DB, they're going to get after it. But I don't need a guy standing over him, barking at him, you know, putting his cleat on, and all those things that go on with over taunting. I think we know the line. The question is, will the refs know the line in emotion? Refs act on emotion, too. Not supposed to, but they do. I want players to be emotional. It's a damn emotional football game. But understand the difference between being emotional and being an asshole. And there's a big
2: difference. <laughs> Sal's had a great tweet about this and put it into context for me. He said, the NFL still doesn't know what a catch or pass interference consists of. But they want to take away raw emotion on a football field where emotion is everything. Sal's, I agree with you, but if you watch the NBA – Kids started jacking threes because that's what the NBA is becoming. Yes. I'm not. I'm kind of a Charles Barkley guy. It's like, hey, you raise your kids. You you tell your kids that I'm not the guy you should be looking up to. But I, you know, when kids are learning sports, it's about fundamentals. It's about sportsmanship. I think sportsmanship is important, and it teaches you more than just how to play football. And they are going. to – I understand when Ron Rivera comes out and says, "Hey, we don't want." I get that argument so I think they're coming from a good place and I also just immediately got ripped apart by Twitter because that's what Twitter does and oh it's the no fun league and I understand exactly what you're saying and you guys go to war I mean you're smashing into each other with I mean these are car crash after car crash simulated out there on a football field there's going to be some emotion but I do think they're coming from a good place where it's like we want to enhance sportsmanship, but I don't necessarily think that's just a bunch of stuffy old dudes you know, I, trying to stifle
1: young, creative athletes. I, I couldn't agree more. Everybody thinks it's a get-off-my-lawn moment. Right. Like, right? Gran Torino, you know, Clint Eastwood having a doggone beer on his porch okay you know sitting there and you know the scowl he makes at everybody no it's not that this isn't a let's hate the young guy it's this is an old guy's game and dude sitting in his living room 70 doesn't understand no i, I don't believe that either now there may be some of the old school guys sitting there saying I can't stand it i get it but listen i coach these camps all over right and we're to the point now in a in a of camp in shorts and a t-shirt a guy i'll catch a ball run a slant and start taunting the DBs at a, at, a, at, a, at a football camp. It's like, come on, man. Talking. I, I like the energy, and I like the celebration, but we don't have to run back and stand over the guy and dance. I mean, that kind of stuff. Kids are watching. We want our kids to love it. We want adults to love it. I don't ever like taunting to take away from the game. There's going to be enough fights and, and people b- bouncing into each other during a non-celebration. So I, I'm with you. I, I I know what they're trying to do, and I do believe in sportsmanship, and I am big on Come on, man. I come from the, the school of Marcus Allen, Barry Sanders at the time I played. I never celebrated a complete pass where you, like, taunt a day in my life. And I, maybe quarterbacks don't do it as much, but I, I've never spiked the football, give it to somebody else. That's just never been me because I know how hard it is. Because when you do it, I don't, I don't want to overtaunt because karma comes back to get you. Then the guy you taunted somehow has a clean shot on you. So I always try to respect it. I know some do, and some live off it. They feast off the taunt. And I, and I get it, but... Listen, the, the taunt can't be bigger than the game. Barry Sanders handing it to the ref, Marcus Allen handing the ref—that was theirs. I'm okay with a guy, the Fun Bunch, back in Washington. I thought that was a cool celebration. The taunt would be if you took the Fun Bunch over to the other sideline and did it on their sideline. Now we got a different problem. So yes, I believe the letter of the rule. They're just trying to keep it fun without taking it, making it a sidebar to the game and and they've got to the refs got to be very smart to enforce an overtaunt, but let a little celebration go and i don't think guys are setting up their thing this is to get off my line. i don't want celebrations i i'll tell you what i hate and i don't mean to keep going about this but is <laughs> like on the one end you'll make a plant your own 20 right let's say you turn it over on defense as they're going in to score and 11 dudes sprint to the other end zone yeah. and take a camera photo that's, to me, not just taunting. I'm actually sick of that damn celebration. It's time to shelve that one and come up with something new. That See, that celebration to me is overboard. First of all, I'm too damn tired to run 80 yards anyway. <laughs> that's me. But the other side is it's just like, come on. Now it's like taking time, and they're all posing off. If you want to pose off afterwards, fine. Do it on your sideline. Do it away from somebody else. So I love celebrations. I don't like guys that are more, put it this way. If you're known more for your taunting than you are your game – you ain't going to last long in the league, I'll tell you that.
2: Completely agree. Uh, the gentleman is actually going out to coach young men in football right now, so we will let him go, of course. Uh, mornings, Sports Talk 790. Uh, go to Cameo. Book a Cameo from the great Sean Salisbury. That's a fun thing to do. And at Sean Unfiltered on Twitter. Best 20 minutes of the week every time you're on, Sals Thank you so much, my guy. Have a I'm great here weekend. for you
1: anytime you want me. I appreciate you guys. Great stuff. Thank you.
2: Best in the business. Sean Salisbury.
3: It's the Chad Duke Show. This October 9th, we will be at Flying Ace Farm in Lovettsville, Virginia for our inaugural annual Chad Duke Show Fish Fry and Sasquatch Hunt, featuring Headlock Gaming's Mortal Kombat Tournament, the first ever Chad Duke Show bass fishing tournament, the return of the Chad Duke Show Wiffle Ball Invitational, Mr. Kenny Kidd DJing after the live podcast. We got raffles and much, much more. So make sure to clear your schedule for Saturday, October 9th at Flying Ace Farm. Thank you to Sean Salisbury
2: for coming on the show. Appreciate him. It is weird how um, when you're talking about the upper echelon, and I'm, I'm complicit in this as well. I've kind of moved. I don't know how you feel about this, tour. I think the AFC is more top-heavy than we've ever seen it. I think there's a clear line of delineation between the haves and the have-nots. I think the NFC a little less so, Um but for whatever reason, when what I'm thinking of the teams that you're expecting to make a Super Bowl run this year, people are talking incessantly about the Browns, mm-hmm. incessantly about the Bills, and, of course, the Chiefs. They've earned that. Um, I have moved the Ravens out of that conversation. Like every single, And I know they won the playoff game last year. But every single year, I feel like the Ravens are always in that those talks. But to me, they're clearly <clears throat> on the next tier down. Why don't we forget about the Titans? Like They can win on the road. They, clearly, uh, Derrick Henry gets better. As the season progresses, you know, he becomes more effective. They can play defense. They, you know, we talked about Julio Jones during that interview with Salz, and Tannehill's better than everybody thinks. Why, why do you think they don't get thought of in that same, you know, echelon?
3: I think it's because they're not ruckus makers. I don't think ruckus makers. I think uh, the last time they were making ruckus was with the Chris Johnson two thousand yard season. And since then they've just kind of been, you know, meandering a little bit. We got Kenny Britt. Oh, okay, cool. He's he'll give you a thousand yards two seasons in a row and then fall off into nothingness. And then you just didn't really have much. And now you have everything, but you did it quietly because Derrick Henry doesn't look like he runs that quickly, even though he's one of the fastest pure runners in the NFL. And Ryan Tannehill for some reason is not as exciting even though he just produces and produces. And they're a gritty team, and they're a, a tough team, and they focus on their on their lines. And that's boring to a lot of fans, but it's exciting for me.
2: It is. Um, I mean, you got to talk about that receiver core as well. Right. I mean, that's got to be one of the most talented receiver cores in the league. I, they're very efficient. People don't like that. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. They, I mean, they just aren't – Tannehill's, I think, very good, but he's not going to probably go out there and throw over 500 yards and four touchdowns in a game he doesn't need to. I don't know that he could. Um, and the people don't – like that as much but um they did the Ravens Lamar Jackson's is just a really exciting player electric player so people I don't know I think you're right though I think it's an entertainment factor they're not as entertaining as some of these other teams that play and that that's really what draws in the casual fan
3: the Patriots were a really boring team for 15 years right and last year was a little different you know that that Patriots Seattle game was one of the most fun games I've I've had watching when it was down to fourth and two and Cam Newton's gonna run it in when I saw him taking the ball with the rock, it going for the goal, I'm like, this is peak. Yeah. This is the best. But before that, for 15 years with Tom Brady, no matter how great he was, they always played boring football. They won like 21-12 to 12 or 21-13 to 13 every single week. And people in New England could appreciate that because they've been watching it for 15 years. But Tennessee, I think their fans appreciate it. But the league doesn't because it's not air raid, deep bomb, 80-yard to tie hill. And it's just different styles. But They're both effective, but one's just a a bit more entertaining because it's something in our brain that says, "Oh, throw far, fast man." You know that. Throw far,
2: fast man. (laughs) I forgot they signed Josh Reynolds too. I mean, he had some really good games in Los Angeles for the Rams, and now he's on the Titans. So there's plenty of weapons over there. They signed Bud Dupree. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean it just, legit bro it just goes to our point though i mean whatever <laughs> for whatever reason you don't think i mean think about how much more the jaguars have been the topic of discussion and, and they have won jack dick you know i mean they've been a <laughs> fucking nightmare they don't know if they're coming or going they don't know if they're going to play in this country or not and it's just an endless conversation i get it if you you know urban meyer and trevor lawrence in the same offseason draft the running back in the fucking you know end of the first round people are going to be steamed up but um yeah i don't know I, here's what i know I, I loved Joe Burrow and I, I think I made some really bold predictions about Joe Burrow's career. Uh, I just I feel very comfortable not trusting his ability to make it through a season, whether it's because he gets hit so much or because there's durability issues or just because of what we were talking about with Fields and the Bears. You're dealing with an organization that has never been able to fucking do it. Um I don't know. I have a lot of questions about it. If you were to come to me and said, Duke's the over under on him starting games this year is nine. I would take the under. I think eight is right about in the pocket of where I, I think he's going to run into some problems. And maybe it's even a situation where, like, hey, there's a lingering injury that they shut it down because they're already, you know, fucking four games below 500. But it, that would not surprise me if that happened. And then we never get to see his full potential. I hope I'm wrong about that because he's been spectacular. And they certainly feel comfortable putting a lot on his plate early in his career. But got some real hard questions about that.
3: Yeah, I'm looking at their, I guess, projected offensive line depth chart here. Left tackle Jonah Williams, first round uh, draft pick. He's going to be solid, and the other four. I mean, it's just it's not great. And I know Jamar Chase is going to help the offense. It's great, but get it. You, they needed to do something else. They needed to, they, they they're going to they're going to get him killed.
2: Do you believe in because um, they're going to have Odell Beckham Jr. back? Do you believe that the Browns? are who we saw last year, or is it closer to an aberration? I I think as long as you got – if Nick Chubb is healthy – and that defensive line, man, I mean, they just have just murderers. on. And all the hype you're hearing about Miles Garrett this year is just through the roof. Um, tough division, though. Tough, hard-nosed division where it's going to be a hard out. And then people, I think they go fast asleep on the Steelers. I think they're so – ready to shovel. I think I have a bet with you
3: on the... I have a bet is with it, Monk. Uh, you and me on the, the Ravens, you and Monk on the Steelers.
2: That's what it is. Yeah, I, mean, I just think people are very comfortable saying, you know, the window's closing for Roethlisberger and the Steelers, as much as I think his weight loss is overhyped, he just got a nice shape up on the beard. I just can't imagine having confidence saying oh, everyone... Yeah, Monk? Gonna... What's that? Monk? Oh. <laughs> talking about... Oh. talking about Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, oh right, right. He doesn't have Burger in his name. <laughs> ben... <laughs> Rothless brisket burger, <laughs> firstville Virginia. I don't know the fuck. What are we talking about? Uh, what do you think that local team is going to do? I know you're not the biggest fan, oh, but
3: um, um, I think that didn't show
2: much in that preseason. Holy, they show
3: more tonight. God damn! I think that fans are going to expect uh, Jamin Davis to be Devin Bush week one. Okay, and that's just not how it's gonna, how it operates. I think he's going to be a stud linebacker for the team. Uh, but you just got to be patient with young linebackers, especially with how fast they are. Um, He's fast, and sideline to
2: sideline, I mean, it's tough not to get excited about what he can bring to that defense.
3: It's going to be instincts with him, uh, and that's going to determine how many spectacular plays that he's going to make, but he's a tackling machine also, Mm -hmm. so maybe he'll do boring tackles. He'll he'll rack up 150 easily, and it will be fine. But um, I think ceiling for the team – which is very doable. Uh, ten wins, I think they can. I think they can lock in ten wins. I think. I think they,
2: you win the division with ten
3: wins. I think their defense can will them to seven of those wins, and then Come. three of those wins I can put on Fitzpatrick just doing whatever he does
2: you forget where the dolphins were when he was starting for them when he got benched I mean there was a little mini controversy about that and deservedly so especially now with the questions we have about Tua Tagovailoa he didn't even come up we were talking about those young quarterbacks by the way and he's you know humongous season for him that's a team with playoff aspirations um I think they did such a great job with bringing in Samuels who we haven't seen yet because of course he had COVID and the injury or was on the COVID did he have COVID or was he on the list where he was exposed it's so difficult for me to parse all that shit out
3: I thought it was a groin uh,
2: he was hurt, but yeah. he was also on a fucking I mean, I some know. type of COVID list. Um, you bring in Diami Brown. I mean, that was such a weakness for them last year is basically if Terry wasn't going to do it, Logan Thomas was a threat in the red zone, but you really didn't have a lot. They sign Adam Humphreys. It's going to be a, a true slot receiver for them. I mean, if you go out there and you got you got five pass catchers on the field that can all hurt you in different ways. I just think that's a really big deal. Now, I'm sure Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to throw double-digit interceptions. I'm sure that's going to happen. Yeah. But Jesus Christ, if you like to sling it, that's a good combination of guys, an upgraded combination of guys to sling it around to.
3: The Dolphins and Washington are actually very reflective of each other. Both last uh, last year, stellar defenses, uh, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick was on the team. Running backs were uh, – I mean, Gibson better than Miami's running back. But this offseason, Miami picked up Waddell. Uh, Washington picked up uh, Samuels. uh Miami, Gasecki at tight end, and then uh, Washington with Logan Thomas at tight end. But they're a defense-oriented team. I think both those defenses were top five, especially Miami's uh, defensive backfield was incredibly strong. Uh, So it's going to be – they're both going to – I think they're going to be parallel to each other this year. I
2: I tell you what I don't like, and it's the second straight year of it, the Antonio Gibson-McCaffrey comparison. I I don't fucking like. First of all, it can't – it just can't be. you're talking about a guy a thousand yards receiving a thousand yards rushing count how many times that's fucking happened right all right just statistically it's so difficult to do I'm, i'm glad people see that but if rivera wasn't the coach would they be saying that probably not um If Gibson can go out there and get you close, I don't even need him to get 1,000, though, Tor. I don't need him to be that fucking let's hammer him in between the tackles. Use that guy creatively. Clearly, he's got some shift. He's got some wiggle. He can catch the football out of the backfield. He's a weapon. But, like, I, I don't need him to be... McCaffrey I need him to be you know just a, a piece in that offense that continues to move the chains it's like okay we got to cover all these wide receivers and meanwhile this guy's seven yards up the field that's what I'd love to see out of him
3: yeah I'll take 800 and 600 if those if those 1400 combined uh scrimmage yards are impactful yeah. and they're, they're used correctly it's better than uh some over like uh what was the Saquon year where they were throwing to him 12 times a game and it felt like it was making no impact on the game where they just give it to him in the flat and some coaches – that's a high school mentality to let your best player get in space and then see what he can do. That's not how an offense should run. Uh, he should, Gibson shouldn't be getting 12 targets a game unless all of those targets have the possibility of getting a first down or five yards. Right. Not, not, Let's just give it to the talented guy and watch what he can do because one out of five times he can make a play, but then you're burning another four plays trying to get that one first down. I, I, I think that if they, they can use him very uh, wisely and structure his offensive – plays in a way where each one can have somewhat of an impact, whether it's a setup play, whether you make him dangerous enough for play action, then he can sweep out. You can do a lot with him, which is great, uh, but they just need to do... Uh, the most with him Christian
2: McCaffrey such an interesting player like I have so many thoughts just because I I was written so hard for Bryce Love to uh, be able to yeah I just felt I feel so bad for Bryce Love and just what what he was and just I remember watching him be like holy shit this guy's a next generation fucking running back I mean he's it was a (laughs) he was a minotaur and then you get that fucking injury. And you, Willis McGay, he had that injury where he tore all three of the ligaments in his knee or whatever. It was like, yeah. I, it wasn't in the bowl game before he was drafted, but he was able to cobble together a pretty damn good professional career. Bryce Love never got that. And they, they both go to Stanford. And then Christian McCaffrey is so amazing, but. I, I had so much respect for his old man because I was never a, uh, a Broncos fan, but if you played Madden back in the day, you know, throwing to Rod Smith, you fucking go out there, Rod Smith and Ed McCaffrey, Threll Davis, like you just, oh my God, like you will we'll beat everybody. <laughs> but that catch, he, was it against the 49ers? I forget. The catch he made where he went up and you he just snapped his leg. His leg is like hanging I'm loose. Not that. No, No, but he, it's when he hits the ground. Yeah. And he holds on to the ball, right? Like he makes the fucking catch. They drag him off the field. I don't know. if I don't know. That might've been the end of his career. He might not have known it then yet, but that's just next level shit, man. Where like, your fucking legs hanging off your fucking body and you can do it. So I don't know. I just, whenever I, I see him play, like I've always, oh, and Garrett Payton. Like I remember, do you remember watching He probably was too young. Garrett Payton was, um, was he the world league? I think he was at the world league, but he had a cup of coffee with the, uh, the Titans. Like he was, he was trying out for the Titans and playing the preseason and you've ever hear Garrett Payton speak he's it's just like couldn't be it seems like such a genuine nice guy um but it's Walter Payton's son and like jesus christ like it's like you know lebron's kids playing basketball you know michael jordan's kids playing basketball it's like you're trying to play Running back, and it's just when you're trying to play running back after the greatest to ever do it, it's you know I think about McCaffrey, and it's like oh my god, his dad was so great, now he's so great, but it's a different position. If he was playing wide receiver, would be I don't know. It just brings up a lot of different thoughts whenever you talk about him, and he's also just one of the most unique running backs in the league right now. I hope he can bounce back and be healthy. Like I think the. The Panthers, as much as you don't like them, that's an interesting team, man. They got some talent on that team. They have some potential. They have a you know head coach that should be an outside the box thinker in his second season. Hopefully, he's learned a few things. So I don't know. I I I, I root for those teams that have kind of been doormats for a while to be more competitive because I just think it's more healthy for the league.
3: Yeah, I enjoy uh, my season more when the NFC South is competitive. I I hope the Saints always go 0 and 17, obviously. But you know when they might this year. God, that'd be so great. I know it's the I know
2: it's the preseason. I watched Jameis try to hand the football off and just fall down. Just fell down on the fucking backfield. He couldn't move. And don't get me started on... What's what's the fucking guy? Taysom Hill. Again, if his name was, was Joe Barry, we're not fucking... <laughs> he's fucking terrible. It's the most annoying name. It's the most annoying name, and I just... I don't know what type of dude he is. Like honestly, I haven't even heard him interviewed that much. Maybe he's a nice guy who works with orphans. I have no fucking idea. I, I'd like I want him out of my life. I, I don't want to talk about him anymore. And I and I know it's preseason, but I tuned in for about ten minutes. I, Big Rig actually went up to to Baltimore and went to see the game against the Ravens. Yeah. he can't do anything. He's missing guys over the middle. He's fucking running around on the backfield. Like, dude, what are you doing? It's a four man rush. You're fucking getting you're getting flushed out with no fucking pressure from
3: any. They got a great offensive line. I w- uh, you know, this year I would like to do a, a Taysom Hill f- uh, film breakdown session well, at least once a week where I could go, I can comb through the film. I'm fine with that. You. <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs> they're always putting up film. Of, I told you, I put that Warren Sharp
2: tweet up where he's just watched just two wide receivers cross right in the fucking middle of the field, yeah. wide open. He tucks the ball and runs for four yards. There's that one really funny video. I don't, I don't know if it's a meme. Can a meme be a video yeah. where there's, there's all those guys out there playing flag football and they're like Taysom Hill on every play? And the guy just keeps oh, dropping yeah, back, yeah. and then he just keeps running. Why didn't y'all block for me? <laughs> it's the funniest fucking video I've ever seen, and it's so spot on for that guy.
3: That's uh, Mark Phillips and Supreme Dream. Is that yeah. what it They're is? They're very, uh, very funny out Well,
2: there. it's the funniest thing yeah. I've ever seen.
3: <laughs> the wide receiver just like, go, yeah, go ahead.
2: Man, go ahead. We know you're going to do it anyway.
3: <laughs> Man, keep running. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> fucking laughing at every time I see it. Um, but I also, I think a lot lot of that is towards, I hate the Saints. Like, I feel like I I was very sad looking at the images of the, you know, the hurricanes going through there and you feel bad. But I just fucking swear to God, I felt like we've been trying to be told that America's team is New Orleans ever since that 20 years ago, whatever it was. And now every time anything goes bad with the organization, their fans revolt. They won't watch Super Bowl. They pull up billboards because a call gets missed when calls get missed every week and uh i don't know I, they feel like bobby cox and the braves to me it's like you had drew Brees, you had probably the best team in the nfc for 10 straight years exactly uh and you have one championship you couldn't field one defense for for
3: about eight years it's yeah. hard to win championships
2: i mean i get oh. that it really is it's really hard to win super bowls especially in a single elimination fucking they they i just feel like when, the, when it's all said and done that sean payton fucking drew Brees combination it's over with it and you're gonna wish you did more with it you're gonna wish you had something like what belichick and brady did
3: right It'll be Shula and Marino. Fantastic stats, fantastic wins. Yeah, but, but you know, very close. I mean, very Shula, Shula so. got his rings, though. I think with Greasy before that.
2: It'll be interesting to see if uh, Peyton does eventually end up in Dallas. I mean, that was always the fucking rumor, and you'd have to assume if this uh, you know yes, this whole thing goes shit. tits. It would be, but if this whole thing goes tits up, I mean, Bill mm-hmm. you know Bill Parcells ended up in five. everybody ends up in Dallas. They get, they get their man. All right, Uh, well, this has been a shitload of fun. Uh, We're going to probably – I don't know if we're going to do it. We probably won't do another preseason spectacular, but we're going to drop shows on this uh, like this for you uh, throughout the course of the season. Um, And we're going to be talking football every week. So if you're listening to this for free right now and you're on the fence, say, "Ah, know I don't like paying for podcasts, I think you'd like what we're doing. It's Jadukeshow.com. You can go ahead and subscribe. You can cancel anytime you like. So if you listen to it, hey, this isn't for me. Uh, No harm, no hard feelings, but uh, you get the entire back catalog – um, this past week alone, Jesus Christ, tour. Um, how do we describe this past week on the show? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know.
3: It I mean, was, it was a tribute week.
2: Third, it was a tribute a week to Fez Wally. We had great. We had Eastside Dave on at E Rock. We had Sam Roberts just talking about Fez, but around it was such horse's assery. I mean, just the BMI segment with Ant Man yesterday. Other oh uh, we had Maggie Q on, and then we also had graphic designer Greaseman... <laughs>
3: This is all in the same show. And a Florida recap.
2: <laughs> Tor went to Florida. He was fighting an army of iguanas. I mean, there's just a lot to get to. Anyway, the show's I'm very I think the show's very good. So if you'd like to check it out, go to uh, go to the website, ChaiDukeshow.com. Oh, by the way, tonight, where's the music tour? Oh shit. Come on, it's the NFL preseason spectacular. Oh. We need the NFL preseason spectacular music. <sighs> tour of the music. Oh, we go. A little more music here. Oh. Tour of the music now! greenwell the lights the switch behind you hurry tonight if you're listening to this on friday if not you missed it chad duke show friday night hootenanny go to facebook.com slash chad duke show we will be live I honestly i have no idea what we're gonna do dick Smokin already called out sick uh did he really oh yeah sent me the big long at least he texted me this morning i got the wall Uh-oh. of text oh duke's the job work the job him and joe Kim and Joe should start a podcast called "Everyone Needs to Know What Our Jobs Are All About." and Our jobs are more important than you. And actually, all we do is fucking walk around and fucking text and listen to podcasts. Two frauds. Uh, but we're doing a, we're doing a hoot anyway. I'm, I'm guessing I can do a show without Dick Smokeham. <laughs> Go to Facebook.com/slash Chad Duke Show. Click live, turn on your little notifications, and you will you'll know when we go live tonight. Should be right around seven o'clock. Jimmy Jester's coming
3: out with have a full audience. It'll be a good time. Tor, thank you, my man. Great week of shows. I agree. And uh, Facebook supporters, you will be able to watch the Facebook uh, the uh, Chad Duke Show Friday night Hoot Nanny. Uh, whenever you want. Anytime then you the like. The video will be uploaded uh, to the Supporter Hub uh, on Chad Duke show on Facebook. That's only that five bucks a month, by Five way. bucks a month. Yeah. And you get all the video content. I know a lot of people uh, say, oh, uh, you know, I missed this hoot. Damn it, I wanted to watch it. Right. You become a supporter. You go watch it however you want. It's about... It better than whatever movie you're going to watch that night
2: certainly is more hijinks more skull duggery more jocularity so check it out go to facebook.com slash chad duke show for all the details thank you to joe Thysman. thank you to sean salisbury and thank you to all of you for listening please make sure you're subscribed and leaving a five-star review on itunes spotify google play wherever you find this podcast and if the good lord is willing in the creeks don't rise we'll see you tonight for the hootenanny hail to the redskins roll up the trash cans